Welcome to the sermon podcast of Faith Lutheran Church in Oregon, Wisconsin, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ crucified and the promises of God that our faith clings to. For more information, visit us online at faithlutheranoregon.com. Heavenly Father, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. The presentation of Christ in the temple is one of the forgotten feasts of our Lord, celebrated annually 40 days after Christmas on February 2nd, uh, although it may be transferred to the first Sunday in February, which we're doing today. Um, it properly ends the Christmas cycle, by the way, so if you have your Christmas decorations still up, uh, the day after is actually the appropriate time to take them down, uh, or it's at least an excuse to keep your decorations up as long as possible. Uh, but what's this feast all about? Uh, I mean, compared to other feasts of our Lord that you might know, uh, like the transfiguration of our Lord or the baptism of our Lord or the ascension of our Lord, uh, the presentation of Christ in the temple doesn't seem that important. Uh, he comes to the temple at 40 days old, and aged Simeon picks Jesus up in his arms and declares that this child is the light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And I wanted to celebrate it this year because I think understanding what is happening here at the presentation of Jesus at the temple uh, will actually help us make sense of and have a proper focus for what's happening even today. And many people will hear Simeon's words, the glory of your people Israel, and come to the wrong conclusion that uh, the Bible demands how we're supposed to think about a certain modern day geopolitical nation-state. But in reality, the presentation of Jesus frees us from that. The presentation of Jesus, that moment when Jesus is brought to the temple at, at at 40 days old, is, I think, really a turning point in the history of the world. Not just a big moment in Jesus' life, but for all of salvation history. So let me explain this. Forty days after Jesus' birth, he is presented to the temple according to the law. A Jewish ceremonial law in the book of Leviticus, chapter 12, mandated that when a woman bore a male child on the eighth day, the boy was to be circumcised and given his name, and then the mother would continue to stay home for 33 more days, and then at 40 days postpartum, the mother and father would come to the temple for the rite of purification for the mother, uh, which include offering a sacrifice, a lamb, or if you were poor, two turtle doves. So this means, uh, it shows us that God was born into the poorest of families, as Joseph and Mary made the offering of the poor, two turtle doves. But as Jesus is brought into the temple, something else unexpected happens. Uh, Mary is greeted by an old man named Simeon whom she's probably never met before. And Simeon takes Jesus out of Mary's arms, and you can imagine this being an alarming thing to Mary, right? Having some guy she doesn't know take her baby from her. Uh, But then Simeon says these words, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all people, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles, 
and the glory of your people, Israel. He's talking about Jesus as the light, the light of the world of all nations. But his words here about being the glory tell us something important. He says, this child is the glory of your people, Israel. Now, when you think about glory in the Bible, we might think of the glory of the Lord, the visible manifestation of God's presence. I don't know if you remember the story, but when Israel got to Mount Sinai in Exodus, the Bible says the Lord came down on the mountain when he gave Moses the Ten Commandments. And he comes down in the form of a cloud, uh, that, that, that surrounds the mountain, and that cloud is referred to as God's glory. And the glory of the Lord then goes after that and fills, comes down even further and fills the tabernacle, the portable tent, the portable tent, uh, 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 temple of Israel. The people watch, they see as the cloud descends and fills the tabernacle over the Ark of the Covenant. And Exodus says, the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Noah, not even Moses, was able to enter the tabernacle. So the glory that Simeon mentions is this idea, this real presence of the Lord that fills the temple and dwells on earth with his people. The people see God's glory in the Exodus because God is really present with them. But no other people on earth had God dwell with them. God loves all nations, all peoples, of course, but he specifically dwelt with his chosen people because he was going to use them as his instruments for reaching the rest of the world. So that's what the glory of God means, the real presence of God with his people. But the glory of God didn't remain with Israel forever. In fact, only a few hundred years later after the permanent temple had been built, which you think would inspire Israel to be, to be more faithful, they begin to take God's glory for granted. The brick and mortar temple only gave them the false impression that, that they would never lose God's presence. They had it. It was here. So God warned Israel that his glory was going to depart due to their unfaithfulness. Because of that, everything else would be destroyed. But Israel just didn't care. God sent many prophets, prophet after prophet, to warn them and call them to repentance. But they didn't. They didn't care. They grew lukewarm in their faith. They were lackadaisical. Rather than God, who was really present in the temple, being the literal center of their lives, instead pushed God off to the side, and they fit God into just the little corner of their lives, into their schedules. And they expected God to be okay with that. Because, well, God is, God is loving, and he's, he's always there if I need him. And so because they take God's real presence for granted, God leaves. He is no longer really present with them. And everything else that they fill their lives with instead of God, their jobs, their livelihood, their families, their nation, their idols, are all now taken away from them. Israel is carried off into slavery, into exile, the 70-year the exile into Babylon that we heard about last week. 
The book of Ezekiel, a book that's been getting a lot of attention lately because of uh, supposed but inaccurate connections to what's going on in Israel today. Uh, Ezekiel mentions that Israel now sees God's glory leaving the temple. They see the glory of the Lord departing from the temple. There's an ominous sign that God's presence was no longer with his people, and because God was departing, they no longer had peace. The Jewish people eventually came back 70 years later, and they rebuilt the temple, uh, but it wasn't the same. And it's not just that they didn't build it as grand as before, uh, that they skimped on some building materials here and there, as you know, often happens when we rebuild things today. Um, no, it was the fact that it was missing the glory of God. It was missing God's real presence. We have no biblical account of the glory of the Lord ever returning to the temple. But the prophets foretold that one day, one day the glory of the Lord will suddenly return to his temple. The Lord will come to his temple, as Malachi said. Right? There's a sadness, there's a lamenting, a longing for the glory of God to dwell with them again. So, 40 days after Christmas, a little infant is presented at the temple. The temple that had not held the real presence of the Lord for over five centuries. And Simeon says that this child is a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. The glory of the Lord has returned to the temple. God's holy presence for the first time in over 500 years has returned to the temple to the people of Israel. Uh, do you see how, how this is the fulfillment of prophecy, the fulfillment of Israel's longing for God to come back and to be with them, to be really present with them? And he's come back not, not simply in a cloud, but in the person of Jesus. Now there's a lot of practical application for us today. When Simeon mentions the glory of your people Israel, he doesn't mean the geopolitical nation state of Israel. That's what unfortunate, uh, it's what unfortunately so many people today get wrong and has led to so much conflict. Rather, Simeon means God's holy people, the church, the church of all times and of all places. And that means that the glory of the Lord is still with his people, with you. The glory of the Lord has not departed from his people. We have that same glory, you have that same glory of the Lord dwelling here in our churches because here Jesus promises to be really present in his body and blood. Do you ever think of the divine service in this way? The way the Old Testament Jews saw their tabernacle? That this is the place that houses God's presence? We have God's real presence in the Eucharist, the body and blood of our Lord Jesus, in, with, and under the bread and the wine for us to eat and to drink. When God's glory dwelt in the Old Testament tabernacle, there was only one person, one person on the face of the whole earth, who had access to that presence, who could go into the most holy place, and even he only could get access one day per year, on the big feast day of the Day of, the, uh, on the, uh, the day of Atonement. 
But here we are today. We have access every single week. And we don't have to wait for a big feast, but every Sunday Jesus comes to us. This is what Simeon had yearned for his entire life. And even, and even he didn't get to hold Jesus as close as you do. Think about that. He only got to hold Jesus here. And think about when we sing the Nunc Dimittis, Simeon's song in our liturgy, we sing it after we receive Jesus, not just in our hands only, but with our mouths, even on our lips. When Jesus himself comes inside of us, Jesus enters our very souls. And that means that you get to be God's holy temple. You are God's tabernacle that now travels and you go out. You are like the Ark of the Covenant that, that carried God's real presence. As we leave, as we depart from the Lord's, uh, from this divine service, we carry Jesus with us. That's why we need to receive him often because even more often do we defile this temple. We don't carry God's light to be seen by the world Rather, we hide it or we shut it out by our sin. We need this light just as much as the world needs this light. Jesus is our glory, the glory of his people, Israel, you and I. He's our light. He forgives us our sins. And so having heard this word of peace, of forgiveness, in a moment our own eyes will see his salvation, which he has prepared before your face and the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of his people, Israel. The Lord does let his people depart now in peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be forevermore. Amen.